Coming up. A, a fruitful life is driven by a desire to give God more. That's what drives it. That's what motivates it. That's what inspires it. To give God more. Hello and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. We're well into the new year, and while you may be struggling to keep those resolutions so you can have the good life you've been longing for, Pastor Robert wants us to examine our thoughts and beliefs on what we call good. Join us for this challenging message series, Living the Good Life. Here's the fifth message in the series, True Productivity. And so today I want to discuss a few parables that Jesus told that sheds some light on the good life. And we'll be talking about a few of them, and I'm going to start us out in reading one of them. These um, parables were indication to what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so we're going to read and start off reading one of them, but we'll be talking about a couple others. And again, this is to help us get some insight on the good life. So I'll be reading uh, Matthew 25. Verses 14 through 30, Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. And again, Jesus was saying some stuff to give us a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is like. So Matthew 25, 14 through 30 says, and I'll read, be reading from the New International Version. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. I'm going to pause for a second just so you don't get confused because it depending upon which translation you've read. Um, One translation says he gave five talents. You know, this one says NIV says five bags of gold. The way that you just interpreted, just say God gave five bags of his stuff. Just just look at it like that. (laughs) Or look at it like this. Whatever you got, whatever you got, whatever it is, it came from God. And so as we read this, uh, don't think it doesn't include you or it's not talking about you. Don't get hung up on the different terminologies. Just know that God gave you some of his stuff. All right. And so it reads on verse 15 to one. He gave five bags of gold to another two bags and to another one, one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Uh, The man who had received the five bags of gold went at once and put his money to 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 work and gain five bags more. 
Verse 17, so also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought other five, the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I was that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put the money, put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. <laughs> Jesus, again, is giving us some insight about the kingdom of heaven and insight about living the good life. So on your paper, write this down. Living the good life includes living a fruitful life. Living the good life includes living a fruitful life. Matthew 25, 19 and 21 says again, it says, after a long time, after a long time, <laughs> so there was plenty opportunity, plenty opportunity. The master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. So the master gave plenty opportunity before he came to settle the accounts. I said it two times, I'm going to say it a third, because I don't want you to miss it. He gave a lot of opportunity. The text says it was a long time before he came to settle the account. You, in your life, you have uh, been places or been doing things in which you thought you had given sufficient time. 
you, you gave the waiter sufficient time to come and take your order. I mean, you, you were patient. Right? You just you, you watched the waiter or, or the, the, the or waitress walk by, you know, five, six, seven, eight times and not even bring you a glass of water. And you were patient. I just want you to relate to the fact that you've been in places or situations where you felt like you had given sufficient time. You weren't impatient. You gave time. The text is saying the master of the house has done that with his servants. And that includes us. And so it goes on. Verse 20, it says, the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And this same thing was said to the one who had two bags of gold, who had gained two more bags. He heard the same thing. But the unfruitful servant didn't hear these words. He didn't hear, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. Instead, that servant heard <laughs> wicked. Wicked, lazy, worthless servant. In verse 26 and 30. And then he was cast out to suffering. Why? Because he was unfruitful. So living the good life includes living a fruitful life. And the master gives us sufficient time to do it. B, write this down. A fruitful life is driven by a desire to give God more. A fruitful life is driven by a desire to give God more. It's a life that purposes to lift God up. It's a life that purposes to lift God up. Um, Matthew 25, 20 says, and we read this already, I'm going to read it again and slow it down a little bit. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me. He said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. I, I want us to think about for a moment, what has God entrusted you with? Of his stuff. What has he entrusted you with? He says, you entrusted me. And then he, it reads on. He says, see, I have gained five more. I have gained five more. He says, I've made more of what you gave me. That's what he says. So, a, a fruitful life is driven by a desire to give God more. That's what drives it. 
That's what motivates it. That's what inspires it. To give God more. I remember before I got saved, this, this, this truth played a role in my salvation. And I may have shared this with you guys before. But before I got saved, I thought I was cool. Because I was listening to the messages of the world. And the world was saying, you you good guy. You treat people right. You don't intentionally treat people wrong. You got to go to heaven because you're just a good guy. And I bought into that lie about myself. So I believed I believe that there was a God. I wasn't saved, but I did believe there was a higher power. And I, I, I tried to practice treating people right. And I tr- thought of myself as a good person. And I thought I was cool. But then one day, though, one day, I had a vision. At the time, I didn't call it a vision. I just said I was just thinking. But now I know it was a vision. And I believe it came from God. And my vision was, I I shared it with you, I was on the 82 bus, AC Transit. The bus stopped at 73rd and E14, which is now International Boulevard. It was E14 back in the day. (laughs) The bus stopped right there. I was about 18 years old. I'll never forget And while the bus was at the bus stop, I was sitting near the back on that bench seat that was facing that way. Uh, I was facing sideways. I was sitting on the bench seat facing sideways. So I was looking at, looking toward the Coliseum, looking in that direction. Never forget. And something just came over me. I, I, I had this vision. I had this vision of, of, of everybody, every person on the planet, all bunched up together side by side on this huge prairie or field or something. And we were all looking up at God. That was the vision I had. And it was that vision that led me to believe and understand that God was much bigger. Life was much bigger than I was thinking it was. I, 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 was, I was stuck in my <laughs> East Oakland mentality, I guess, <laughs> of life, and I couldn't see or I wouldn't see the grandeur of God, that God was much bigger. This vision helped me understand that God was much bigger than I had been thinking he was. And because of that, I, 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 I quickly concluded quickly that if he's that big what I've been doing is not enough it can't be how I've been thinking is not enough it, it, it's more because the, the, the whole uh, the, the whole reality of life and the world just blew up to me so that means I had to come into a new frame of mind so I was I thought about it and I was like It's not enough. There's got to be more to do because what I've been doing in East Oakland, living, it wasn't enough. My thinking was too small because I wasn't seeing God as big as he was. 
And right then was when I was motivated to do more. And so I started reading the Bible. I had a friend who had been trying to get me and my other friends to come to his church anyway. And, and so I started reading the Bible. And as I read the Bible, and I, it, I, 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 it seems like I read the Bible every day for a long time. Because once I got into it, it was, I just kept going, oh, I didn't know that was in here. I was just getting surprised moment after moment about the stuff the world was talking about. And, I, and it was stuff I had thoughts about. It was like, yeah, that's, I didn't think that was right. I mean, it was, it was just as I read and I read and I started reading, started reading, started reading. And then eventually I said, I'm going to go to my friend's church. I went to my friend's church. And then I kept reading, and I kept reading, and I kept being fascinated, kept being fascinated, kept reading, kept being fascinated. And then eventually, after I don't know how many weeks it was, my guess would be probably a couple months it took for me to realize I was going to hell. I came to the conclusion after reading the scripture that I was right. I hadn't been doing enough. And that if I didn't take the step, I was going to hell. I concluded, I'm, I'm going to hell. And then one day, after several weeks of hearing the pastor give an invitation, I finally got up and I gave my life to Christ. And I wept like a baby. Couldn't stop. I was sitting there. The deacon was standing behind me. And I was like, Rob, you're looking like a wuss. <laughs> and then I said, I told myself, Rob, stop crying. And I couldn't. I couldn't stop crying. Because I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. So the truth of this passage led me to my salvation that because I realized I had not been doing enough. I couldn't have been. God is too big. And I would submit to you there are many people in your sphere, your sphere of influence who are thinking the same way. They thinking they're doing enough only because they see a small God. They don't understand how massive he is. That's what caused me to do more, to search more, to study more, to read the Bible, to look for more. Because I knew I, this couldn't, this, it, couldn't, it can't be enough. It, it's, that's too big. So this is real. A fruitful life is really driven by a desire to give God more. Matthew 25, 22 says, in accordance with the guy with the two bags, it says the same thing. He says, the, the man who had two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. Both of them were driven to give 
God more. And then Matthew 25 reflects the other servant. So he look what he says. He says, so uh, uh, I was afraid. I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. And instead of giving God more, he just gave God what God had gave me. And God said, you're wicked. You're lazy. You're worthless. Please don't do the Matthew 25, 25. I, I, I'm saying that to you so you, you won't ever forget this passage. The address is, what's the address? Don't do Matthew 25, 25. Don't do it. I'm going to read it to you again. It says, so I was afraid. And I went and hid your gold in the ground. I hid what you gave me in the ground. I didn't do anything with what you gave me, Father. Nothing. I just hid it in the ground. Question, what fear, what fear is making you unfruitful? What fear is making you unfruitful? What fear is causing you to do nothing? See, a fruitful life is produced through the word of God. A fruitful life is produced through the word of God. Number one, the spoken word. So first of all, it's produced through the spoken word. Romans 10, 17 says this. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. That's how faith comes. Through hearing the message. The message is the good news about Jesus Christ. His death is burial and resurrection. That's the message. Faith comes by hearing the spoken word. This means that we should be speaking it. We should be giving that message. And we should be hearing the message. We should be doing both. Because it is critical to your life being fruitful that you speak and hear the spoken word. And that's the good, the good news about Jesus Christ. You need to hear it. I remember one time I, I was really overwhelmed um, before uh, we started our church. Um, some years before, we had went on a mission. I thought that God was leading me to start one some years ago. And we started down the road, didn't get very far, but it came very clear that I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready yet. 
And so, but in, in the quest of doing that, though, while I was trying to get ready, I, I was getting my mind fixed on it. I was sitting in the church and, uh, and, and I was listening to a preacher preach. And I was, I was starting to go into pastor mode in my thinking. And then I realized while I was hearing this pastor preach, while I'm trying to get ready to pastor and preach, um, was already preaching, but I was trying to get ready to pastor, I realized I need to be preached to, too. And so I went to the, the pastor after the service, and I asked him, Pastor, it was a great message. I said, who do you listen to when you need to be preached to? I asked him that, because I'm trying to get to pastor mode, right? I'm trying, okay, how do you do this thing? And he responded, and he told me, he named a couple people that he listened to when he needs to be preached to. So we need to be giving the message and also hearing it for us to, for our lives to be fruitful. And I was gracious. I thought it was real humble of him to admit that and tell me and respond to me the way he did. I, I made note of that. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. That ain't what happens. What happens is your job, you got, a, you got one job. You got one job. Your job is to just stay connected. That's it. All you got to do is stay connected. Just stay connected to the vine. That's what you put all your effort into doing. Staying connected to the vine. That's it. All your effort. And if you do that, guess what happens? Fruit comes. Not because you tried to produce fruit, because you tried to stay connected to the vine. That's the only reason it happens. Just stay connected. Thank you for listening. 